Yeah. Have you lost your mind? I'm so tired. I don't know what I'm tired for either. Maybe like, it's so fucking hot in here. Probably. It is really hot in here. And I had a window open. Hello, folks. I had <laughs> a window open. <laughs> but I closed it just for you. You're welcome. So now we're going to boil to death while we're doing this episode just so that you don't have to listen to background noise. Well, it's pretty bad background noise. For some reason, people still go out in really loud vehicles. Ugh, I know. I know. I've been and hearing I don't all these it. lawnmower cars going around while I'm running. Yeah, and it's like, okay, I get it. Hard to get to a mechanic. All right, but you shouldn't be going out anyway. Well, and the thing is, I think a lot of these cars do it on purpose. Like, they... Yeah. Move their muffler so that they have this loud, mean-sounding car. Or they do that, like, sudden revs that the exhaust mm-hmm. pipe bangs. I hate it. And it sounds like a gunshot. Yeah, I it's don't like it. It's not good if you can't hear your music over your car. That's no. not impressive. That's no. just annoying and jarring. Like, it's jarring. Literally no one has ever been impressed by that in the history of ever. Like, yeah. I have never been with a female friend walking down the street and some guy revs the engine like an asshole and she's been like, oh, that was so sexy. Yeah, no. I'm going to find him and date him. Like, I've that has never happened. guys with loud cars and the moment I get in the car, I'm like, this was a fucking mistake. I know, like, literally no one is impressed by you. Other guys aren't. They're just like, uh-huh, okay. And women definitely are not. No, I don't like loud They don't loud give a things. shit. They're just annoyed. Yeah, like, no one likes <laughs> it's annoying. it. annoying. Yeah. So, that's So, it. that's what we that's had to right. say. You're welcome. So, what is your fear this week, Andrea? Well, Sugar had another seizure yesterday. Sugar is one of Andrea's cats for people who don't. No. Who haven't listened to that episode where she had her first seizure. So I guess having seizures is just her thing now. Uh, and I'm going to have to adjust to a cat scrambling into my room and then oh, convulsing in my arms. Like It's terrifying. <laughs> it's not good. But I am kind of – it's almost good that she did because it means it's more likely to be just regular epilepsy instead of a serious health problem. Yeah. And it, since it happened again, I mean it was – I was scared to death but yeah um little baby i learned that like i know how to handle it like i know how to take care of her during and after we yeah. got through it pretty smoothly and she's back to normal pretty much so good at least there's that yeah because yeah. that's ugh. yeah because you never fucking know with animals it's so no. hard and right now so like ever since this lockdown happened i'm like oh it's gonna be way harder to even get into a vet um and it's gonna be like a way different experience yeah. And I was like, so hopefully she doesn't have another seizure. And then she did. And then I was <laughs> like, well, we're not going to the vet. Well, <laughs> and um, we do have a, a couple vets in town. And one definitely is like taking patients. You just yeah. call ahead and let them know what yeah. happened. Yeah, and then and they then, come to your car and they yeah. get your pet for you. Yeah. So that's fine. So they'll still do it. I, I just like the one that I would have to go to it is in Calgary. Like if I wanted to have her observed overnight. Yeah. And that's it's like a- actual hospital, animal hospital. Yeah, and that's, like, a clinic, like, 40 minutes away. Yeah, it's, like, at least 40-minute drive from here. Yeah, so, for context, that sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Just so you guys know, um, it's not great, but Sugar's doing okay. She's very plucky. I have another fear. What's your other fear? So, on Thursday, I went for a run. Mm -hmm. A really nice long run. And I'm pretty sure, though, for, like, 30 minutes of my run, I had a spider on my face. What? Between my eyes. What? How do you know? Because I, like, had been feeling something, but I'm like, oh, it's probably just, like, sweat, right? Yeah. And then I, like, reached, it was itchy at one point, so I reached up to, like, scratch, and, like, a smushed bug of some kind was on no, my fingers. Oh, I, I hate like, that. Ugh, God. Oh, yeah. I keep getting moths stuck in my hair. That's gross, too, but not as bad as spiders. No, but, no, like, the problem with that is that, like... I'm upset for the moth because in the process the of getting them out, they get hurt. Yeah, but I'm like, you can't live here. It is sad. I do, <laughs> I do need you to leave at some point. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like it, it. It's spider season again. It's starting. It's, I've seen them. It has begun. I hate it. I hate it so much. Why are they good for the environment? Um, Can we have something else instead of spiders? You know, I've actually seen some really cute spiders, but they're the type that are pets, like um, sand spiders. Uh, I saw this big black spider that did something like sand spiders do, and it was, like, pretty big, but, like, not the, about tarantula-sized, right? Mm-hmm. But not hairy. And it was dancing around and, like, playing with the sand. 
And it was really cute. And I really wanted it. it. This was at a reptile and like insects expo like several years ago. And mom was just like, no. Yeah. You may not have this spider. I mean, I, I think sad. there there is certain spiders that are cute from afar. Like this one colorful one that dances with its like arms over its head yes, to attract I know exactly the mate and does like one. a boogie. It, that's cute, but not like to not on my hand or anything. Like I don't not really want it face. to be on me while it's doing that stuff. I wouldn't want it on the face, that's for sure. But I mean like most people even who <sighs> own like tarantulas, like tarantulas I feel a bit different about. I was talking to a uh, Hex actually about this. Like we had a call the other day and we were talking about this. Um with me, tarantulas don't bother me as much because they are so big and so furry. Yeah, they're almost like an they, animal. Yeah, they feel of more a like a small spider. animal. Yeah, and they are. Yeah. But yeah, like, it is the leg. I don't like all those legs. Like, they don't need that many legs. Nothing needs that many legs. That's all I'm saying. I do. No, you don't. Seven vaginas for people listening who know that reference. But um, yeah, no, I'll, I don't. I'll send it to you. I'll send you the comic. <laughs> it's really funny. But um, yeah, no, like. Everyone needs a few extra legs on no. some rough days. I'm no. like, you know what would make this day better? More legs. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. No. More legs. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> no. I hate it. I, I know you do. What's so, your fear? Yeah, I was just about to say. Um, hmm. So, hmm. Okay, fuck, I had one. I always go blank when, when people ask me questions. That's why I wrote mine down on my notes this time. I know, I need to start, like, tattooing mine on my flesh or something. But, like, I guess my fear is um, the well-being of my cats as well. But, you know, because, like, germs, vir- oh, viral yeah. things can sit on their fur. Yeah. And, I, like, and they're not clear yet on whether or not animals can get COVID. Yeah, like whether or not pets get sick from it. They're not mm-hmm. sure. Like they know that their fur can carry it. Well, anything can But they carry don't – yeah, like anything can have a germ on it, yes. A virus on it, right? But like, yeah, they yeah. don't know for sure. Because I know like some tigers at this one zoo got sick. And while our cats are not related directly to tigers specifically, they are in the Felidae class. So I am like, what if? What well, if? Well, like if one animal can – like obviously if – if tigers get sick, it can cross species. So yeah, don't it can know. cross species, yeah. Yeah. So I just don't know, like, what all species it can, you know. That's a valid fear. Yes. Um, Kitties. Oh, uh, I wanted to just give a short explanation for our topic today. Yeah, so. Because, so what we decided to do was do a deep dive into kind of a longer case. Mm-hmm. Um, and I chose the case, so I did the research. So Ren, as he reads it, We'll also be finding out about the stuff for the first time. <laughs> Which I think is going to be actually fun. I think so too. Like, But yeah, yeah just like for I'm, context in case people are like, why is he? Why does he sound so shocked <laughs> yeah. by the research? He totally did. Yeah, no, like we're swapping off on this. So like when one of us has a case that we really want to do, but it's super long, we're just going to like each Split it so that our episode isn't like two hours long. And, and the person have to who suffer. chooses the case does the research so that yeah. we don't overlap. But, yeah, we don't overlap and we don't overburden. It wouldn't make sense anyway. Like we would definitely repeat information. So yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. So that's gonna be fun. Um, I'm doing the latter half too, so I'm gonna be very surprised because I don't even. I I'm I know, not even gonna it, be all hearing all the good stuff is in your ears. So yeah. you guys will just be bored for my background uh, information, and you then won't. Ren will come in and and sweep you off your feet, as I often do with the research with I did. So yeah, whatever. I use Andrea <laughs> to sweep people off their feet often, <laughs> it, like a battering ram. I pick her up by her ankles and just kind of like take well, their fucking you're off your feet caps ah. off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as they lay groaning on the pavement. Yeah. No, you're very good for that. You're tiny. You're very know, utilizable really, as a small I'm an weapon. Excellent weapon. Yep. <laughs> so we're so, gonna begin, and this is the mysterious death of Mrs. Jerry Lee Lewis. Her name is Sean. So Sean cool. Lewis. <laughs> oh, okay. That's cool. yeah. S H A W N. Okay. So let's start with background information. Jerry Lee Lewis was born in 1935 to a poor farming family in Faraday, Concordia Parish, which is in eastern Louisiana. Yikes. His parents' names were Elmo and Mamie. What? Lewis. I know. Louisiana. 
What? That's so funny. These are very, those are very southern names. Elmo, though. I know. All I can think of is, yeah, Toys R Us. I know. Yeah. Uh, so Jerry liked playing piano with two of his cousins as a child. Mm. One cousin was Mickey Gilly, who actually became a popular country music singer. And the other was Jimmy Swaggart, who became a popular mm. TV evangelist, which we all love. Wow, this is a very st- stereotypical Southern family. Very. One became a country singer and one's an, ev- an evangelist. They're That's all really wild. Very proud. Uh, um, as you can imagine. Oh yeah, I I sure would be. <laughs> I mean, the country singing is fine. Um, I'm a little bit off on the evangelist thing. I don't like either. <laughs> okay, but one's less that. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> one one requires more talent. <laughs> So his parents were so poor, they mortgaged their farm to get him that piano. Mm-hmm. He later was enrolled in the Southwest Bible Institute in Waxahachie, Texas, I think, because his mother wanted him to sing only evangelical songs. So she's like, you're oh. a musical, but it's all going to be evangelical songs. It needs more Jesus and only more Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, and only Jesus. But so at this institute, he decided to play a boogie-woogie rendition of My God is Real at a church assembly. I love it. So he was booted out. What? Yeah. They were mad about that? They were like, that you cannot great. make this Jesus song into a rock and roll song. You can't make Jesus fun. No fun allowed. That is not allowed. I, which is weird because I think Jesus would have loved that. I think it like, – I feel like he would have I think Jesus would be more that. catchy if more people thought it was fun. Yeah, and <laughs> like, they've started doing that now, Religion right? would be more uh, popular if – It's true. It was also actually fun. But, but also Jesus is a pretty cool dude from the Bible. I mean, he like hated people who stole money and hang out, like hung out with prostitutes. Yeah, his best friend chill. was a prostitute. Yeah. Like, sex worker. Yeah, like he really – he. I think he would have been all for that. And probably. He would have been like, oh, man, all these, like, depressing songs about me. Can we just do a boogie-woogie version? Can we just, like, <laughs> Please? rock out? Yeah. <laughs> so after he was booted out, he started playing the new rock and roll music that was, like, so it was emerging at this time. Mm-hmm. And he started playing it at clubs, and he actually cut his first demo in 1954. Yeah. One of his singles was Great Balls of Fire, which is one oh. of the only songs of his I know, or, like, oh. recognized from the title. Shit, so I went, didn't know that was him. Goodness gracious. Um, yeah. yeah. And weirdly, since he was a devout Christian, Jerry started freaking out about his sinful music and thought he was leading himself and his audience to hell. So he would go like back and forth with this about, oh, yeah, I want to play rock and roll. Oh, wait, no, I'm going to hell. I love the <laughs> idea of like Satan just sitting down being like, you know what I'm going to do to get more people down here? I'm going to make an roll. electric guitar. <laughs> And that's just going to fuck everyone that's up. That's it. That's evil enough. Yep. So his nickname became The Killer, and he was called Rock and Roll's First Great Wild Man and Rock and Roll's First Great Electric. Cool. In May 1958, during a British tour, a news agency reporter at Heathrow Airport learned about Lewis's third wife, Ooh. Myra Gale Brown. So before this, his private life was secret, like he was famous, but yeah, nothing was reported about his private life. Yeah. But then they found out about Myra, who was his first cousin once removed, and she was 13 years old when they got married, and he was 22. Ew. And the tour that he was on had to be canceled because people hated that. Um, I (laughs) hate that. (laughs) Yeah. A lot. They called him, like, cradle robber and stuff, which Uh, I agree. more accurate words. Yes. Pedo. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then he recorded the only other song I know of his called Good Golly Miss Molly. Okay, and that one I'm not sure if I've heard. I mean, I might know his other songs if I heard them, but I like from titles, these are the only two I know. That would get you recognized, yeah. Yeah. And he had like kind of a tortured thing going on, like, ah, oh, but I want to play my music. Oh, I'm going to hell. Oh, yeah. and I have a 13-year-old wife who's my weird. cousin. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Okay, the reason you're going to hell isn't your rock and roll. It's definitely the cousin it's part. It's definitely with the, the pedophile 13. part of your life. Yeah, it's not the, the music. It's the pedophilia. It's the predation on children. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yay. Okay. okay, so he's been married seven times, and he had six children, which is surprising that there was only six. And here's <laughs> a brief review of that, sort of. Oh, boy. Some of it's brief. So in 19 – like, this is just the review of, like, all his wives and, like, kind of shit that he did. Oh. Um, yeah. And then we'll get deeper into the stuff about Sean. Yeah. So in 1962, his son, Steve Allen Lewis, drowned in a swimming pool at age three. Oh. 
And in 1973, Jerry Lee Lewis Jr. died at the age of 19 when he flipped his Jeep. Oh, shit. So there's just been, like, some stuff in his life. A lot of tragedy. Yeah. When Lewis was 16, he married Dorothy Barton, who was the daughter of a preacher, and this lasted 20 months. Mm-hmm. And then his second marriage was in September 1953 to Jane Mitchum, but it occurred 23 days before his divorce from Barton, so it was iffy. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> and Lewis okay. filed for divorce after four years, and they had two kids. Okay. His third marriage, Myra Gale Brown, the 13-year-old. Oh. On December 12, 1957, his divorce from Mitchum wasn't finalized yet, though, so he married the child again on June 4th, what? 1958. Oh. Because they're like, oh, that first time it wasn't legit. But now it's legit. So you can marry the yeah, child. Yeah, now that she's 13 and a half, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> In 1970, Ew. Brown filed for divorce on grounds of adultery and abuse. Um, they had two kids. Mm-hmm. So one morning she woke to find Jerry and some of the band still drinking in their house, mm-hmm. and there was a fight. She called the cops, and he knocked her to the floor and threatened to kill her if she ever did that again. Oh, my gosh. Um, another time he surprised her at 3 a.m. Like, he, he would just come home, and he would expect her to have, like, dinner ready and stuff. But She's like one baby. I know. <laughs> um, at one time he just surprised her at 3 a.m., and there was no supper ready because it was 3 a.m. Yeah. He hit her three times on the head to wake her up and demand why she didn't arise to serve her master. What? She woke up and, like, while trying to ward off his hits, she accidentally hit him. What and he grabbed freak. her fists and beat her and then was like, Ugh. look, Phoebe, your mom has gone crazy. She's hitting herself in the face. So wow. Phoebe was their daughter and she yeah. was seven at the time. Oh, my God. So he was like, wow. Psychotic. So he was, like, yeah, he was tormenting their children as well as, like, or their child as well as, like, her. Yeah. So then his fourth Ugh. marriage was Jaron Elizabeth Gunn Pate. She drowned in a swimming pool at the home of a friend with whom she was staying for several weeks before the divorce pre- proceedings could be finalized. Oh, my gosh. Um, they had one Shit. kid. So basically what happened was she sued him for divorce, saying that he would choke her and beat her and, and stuff like that. And that's true. And he once said that she shouldn't worry about any support because, quote, you are not going to be around very long anyway, and if you don't get off my back and leave me alone, you will end up in the bottom of the lake at the farm with chains on you. Ew. Oh, and my then, God. And then, like, before these proceedings could continue, like, and she could get her money or whatever. Yeah. She died in a strange accident in a swimming pool. Like, oh, she drowned. Wow. Seems weird. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a huge coincidence. <laughs> yeah. His sixth marriage lasted 21 years. Yeah. April ni- uh, 1984 to June 2005, and they have one child, and I didn't write down her name. But the oh, child's okay. name is Jerry Lee Lewis III. Wow. So he has a Jerry Lee Lu- Lewis Jr. and a Jerry Lee Lewis III This kids. is like, really, like, yeah, a bit, like, self-aggrandizing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. On part of the father, yeah. And then he married his seventh wife, Judith Brown, on March 9th, 2012. And the very next day, he actually severed business ties with his daughter, Phoebe, who was his manager, and he revoked her power of attorney and then sued her and her husband, saying she owed him substantial sums of money and claimed she had defamed them on Facebook. She's a child. Well, she's not now. No, but she's your daughter. She's your daughter, yeah. (laughs) Like, this is crazy. I know. I'm suing my own child for saying something mean about me on Facebook. And because she owes me money, which she probably doesn't owe me. No, like, if you have a child, you are going to end up spending money. It kind of sounds like this wife had something to do with it, too. Like, it was the next day after marrying her. Uh, yeah, probably. Like, she's like, we could probably get money out of them or something like that. Is that what you're yeah. thinking? Yeah. Or, like, like maybe the wife was like, I want her to not be the power of attorney so that I'm a power of attorney so that if you die, oh, I get everything. Right. That could also be it. Like, I don't know. I don't know if she's involved, really. But Yeah, like, we can't say for sure, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But, like, yeah. Now they're going to sue reasons. us for defaming them on our podcast. <laughs> it's not Facebook. It doesn't count. That's right. You can only <laughs> sue for Facebook slander it's the law facebook is used to being sued so that is <laughs> so uh he was just a disaster uh you don't so say one night he accidentally shot his bass player in the chest and what? almost killed him and his bass player i think later, later sued him Good. and on another night he tried to crash his car through the gates of graceland 
drunkenly waving a 38 pistol and threatening to shoot Elvis. So he like showed what? up at Elvis's house and what tried to drive hell? into like yeah, yeah, threatening Elvis. Holy <laughs> wow! So strange. So everything about him was just yeah, yeah. Just like he fell heavy into like drugs and alcohol, and he's already a little crazy because he's an evangelist. So it's just and it's very a into thirteen-year-olds apparently and beating them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's not a good person. No. <laughs> so Sean would tell friends that her life with Jerry was like jail. Mm. He was jealous and he watched her all of the time. She once got a new dog, a Lassa oh, Apso, no. and then she had to give it up because Jerry got jealous. Oh, I'm glad she dog. gave it up. Me too. Otherwise he might have killed him. Yeah, I know. That's, yeah. But yeah, he got jealous of a dog. That's ridiculous. Uh, another time when Sean's sister Shelly was visiting, uh, Jerry tried pressuring them to have, like, group sex with him. Ew. The next morning, Jerry was still wasted and in a mean mood, and he slapped both Shelly and Sean across their faces, and he, like, whipped a set of keys at Sean's forehead. Oh, my gosh. Um, at that point, Sean told him, quote, I'm leaving with Shell. I'm not staying here with you. Good. And he said, quote, I'll show you leaving. And he grabbed her by the front of her robe and dragged her down the hall saying, you're my wife. I'll kill you before you leave me. Ew. And so Shelly wound up leaving on foot to call her parents. Mm -hmm. And that night, Sean woke her mother with a phone call at 3.30 a.m. saying she's going to leave Jerry, right? Yeah. Uh, her mother said, okay, call me tomorrow. And then the next day, Sean was dead. Oh, no. I know. So... From what I could glean from the 9 million page article that I found on the murder, <laughs> here are, here's the murder or death, whatever. Oh, jeez. Like yeah. how, what happened to Sean? Here's what happened to Sean. So Lottie Jackson, the housekeeper, found Sean Michelle Lewis in bed and couldn't wake her up. The paramedic that came found that she was cold and her eyes were dilated Whoa. because she was brain dead. Wow. It wasn't Yikes. unusual to get a call to Jerry Lee Lewis's place about unconscious people. Yeah, because like, he's an partying. asshole. Yeah, well, and like people, he was a celebrity, so people would go to his house party and like take a shit ton of drugs. And pass out, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this time was obviously different. And the housekeeper found her in the guest bed. Mm. Uh, so the paramedics looked at her and they found bruises on her wrist, like she'd been grabbed really hard, and there was a drop of dried blood on the web of her hand. What? So. Oh. Yeah. And they, it's just, it's crazy how this investigation was handled. Oh, no. So, Jerry Lee Lewis at that point came into the hall in his terry cloth robe and seemed surprised to see Lottie in tears. And one of the paramedics said, Mr. Lewis, your wife, I'm sorry, Ms. Lewis is dead. Mm. And the paramedic at that point saw two bright red scratches on the back of Lewis's hand, like oh, a cat no. had scratched him from wrist to knuckle. Yeah. I yeah. suspect that was not a cat. No, since I don't think they had a cat. I was about to say, what <laughs> random cat came in, attacked this man, and left? <laughs> I like, do wonder where that neighbor droplet cat of blood, that really fucking hates him. Yeah, I do wonder where that drop of blood on Sean came from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So right. the autopsy determined that uh, Sean was a healthy 25 year old. She had been a cocktail waitress, like, so before she met Jerry, mm -hmm. she had been a cocktail waitress at DB's, which was a fancy nightclub in the Hyatt Regency Hotel in Dearborn, Michigan. Yeah. And she got the name Little Buzz, the nickname Little Buzz, because she was always buzzing around half buzzed. Oh, geez. <laughs> like, just yeah. high on pot and, like, occasional shot or whatever while working. Well, yeah. But it was, Most like, she loved it. She like loved that. working there. The money was good. Um, and it, it didn't feel like work, she said. And that's how she met Jerry, who was performing for a week at the Dearborn Hyatt. Mm -hmm. And fellow DB's girl Pam Brewer set them up. Um, because she was, Pam Brewer was like hooking up with a member of the band. Oh, so she set her friend up with like another member of the band. The, the oh, actually, guy, yeah. yeah, no, she was hooking up with the manager of the band, but yeah. Oh, okay. And so she's like, hey, I can get you a date with this famous dude. Yeah, exactly. So she told Sean that Jerry wanted to take her to a party in his suite because Sean like was interested in her. He picked her out of the girls at DB's basically. Yeah. Which is, I don't know. Which is a little skeezy already. Yeah. Yeah. So then they found the body. Like I – yeah, going back to that. They found the body. <laughs> yeah. So – and then Jack McCauley showed up. He, this was a guy. He had made a fortune on industrial developments and had lived in a – she he, he had lived. Not had lived, but he lived at that time. In a very <laughs> fancy house. And no yeah. one knew why he wanted to be a sheriff for $12,000 a year, but he did. And he was a dick. So that's yeah, probably why. about right. If yeah. you're a dick, you're very attracted to law enforcement positions. That's my. That's uh, usually true. What yeah, I've it's causal. Yeah. 
Yeah. So he shows up and he takes over the whole situation. He cleared the room and he and Jerry had a long talk for more than an hour, but he Ugh. never filed a report on the conversation and he refused to talk about the case like, oh. after, after that. Oh, geez. So he did, however, report that Jerry's robe was spotted with blood and there was blood on Sean's hair, clothes, on, a bra, on her bra, which is in the other room, hmm. on a lamp and on the carpet. And there was actually a film of dirt on her body what? and bruises on her arms and hip, broken fingernails with dried blood underneath. Oh, God. But he didn't so put any of... she was obviously the one who scratched him. Yeah. yeah. And, but he didn't put any of that in the report. And he Asshole. they also didn't put in the report that there were bloody clothes in the bathroom, blood on the floor, blood on the carpet, and there was a bloody piece of gauze on a cabinet in the billiard room. Wow. So there's blood like all over the fucking house, basically. Or yeah. at least like in the billiard room, in the bathroom, and in both bedrooms. Well, I'm like, who the fuck else would have done this to Sean? Well, exactly. Like, no. Like, it's definitely it's yeah, splattered it. on yeah, it's splattered on his and robe. And it's on his robe. Um and then I just added this as an aside. Yeah. By the way, Jerry liked to stick a big needle with towel and narcotic right into his stomach, which almost Wh- killed him in nineteen eighty one. Why did he who is this man? He's such a bad, he's such a weird person. I know. Like, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like, almost his whole stomach was gone. What it the was weird. fuck? Who does that? I don't know, like. Like, I've had a drug pass, but I have Who do you pass, learn from that never... that's okay to, like, stick a needle into your stomach and take drugs that way? No one. I have been around a lot of drug addicts, and I have been one of myself, and at no point has anyone ever been like, here, hey, you know what's really this fun? is a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. At no point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Macaulay, the sheriff, wanted radio silence because he didn't want the whole thing going too public. Mm-hmm. And they arranged for a justice of the peace to come do some of the paperwork and like help with everything. Yeah. So when the justice of the peace walked into the den, he asked Jerry if he knew why Sean might have died. And Jerry said she'd taken some sleeping pills. And he knew Jerry socially as well. And so even though he... He thought it looked like Sean hadn't actually slept in the guest bed and had maybe been placed in it after her death. He didn't put it in his report because it was handled like as if you were buddies with the, that person. Yeah. The house was searched Ew. and they found bars on the doors and windows, bullet holes in the windows and walls, and guns like in all corners of the house. Wow, and they found classy. a ton of drugs. Not sure if they were prescription or illegal because it's just like a bunch of pills and shit. bunch of different bottles and whatever and a lot of people will put like their illegal drugs in a pill bottle and like yeah. capsules and stuff and who knows they're probably just like loose and crushed or something yeah like it's hard to fucking say um and there were hypodermic needles too i forgot to mention that but that's the end of that my part. does tend to suggest illegal yeah because most people don't shoot up their painkillers no you don't usually um inject your like <laughs> this is just my antidepressant it's medicine. fine yeah, yeah i'm just shooting up some prozac that'll go well that's fine it's fine a little side of red bull yeah no you'll be <laughs> fine like jeez no now it's your turn yeah now it's my to turn to discover at the same time as you're telling us yes it's kind of exciting yeah i'm, I'm gonna laugh the whole are you guys time. excited you excited about this <laughs> oh. and ren can't read so yeah that's the other true. thing that's gonna make things tricky here 19 years old and I never learned how to fucking read. That's a meme. I'm not actually 19. No. It's fine, guys. He's way older. Way older. Like like 85. E- I thought it was 86. Or was um, it just 86 It's 85 and three quarters. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't worry about <laughs> it. Um, so before I start on that, though, we wanted to uh, shout out and promo. Uh, horrifying History. Yes. So Horrifying History is like... It's like us, but kind of more structured and a lot of historical stuff, obviously. It's what it sounds like. And it's also shorter, (laughs) typically, so you don't have to listen for hours. Uh, But it's our Ghostbuster cousin who is the host. Yep, secret Ghostbuster cousin Brenda, for those of you who know our (laughs) podcast. And it's just a really good uh, podcast. Plus, she's also been approached to actually, like, host a Wednesday morning monthly radio show where she is in Ottawa or something. I'm not surprised because she's very very, um, charismatic and fun to talk to. Yeah. And she does her research really well and in-depth in a way that's fun to listen to. Yeah, she's really good and clear. Yeah, so like it's just like really good. But yeah, so she's already been approached for that. Like she's yeah. Yeah, so here's the promo for her. Here's horrifying history. A fact is something unchanging and can be verified. Opinion, on the other hand, is subjective and a person's point of view. History contains not only facts, 
but opinions to fill in the gaps. And it's these interpretations that feed urban legends. My name is Brenda, and I'm the host of Horrifying History, where you will hear about the unexplained, paranormal, and supernatural happenings that has stained the pages of history. Join us to hear these tales, and you can make up your own minds about what really happened in history. You can find us on any major podcast provider and on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter to join our conversation. All right, so, hello, hello. Now, we continue with this death. That sucks. (laughs) This death is brutal. Um, So, the morticians, Danny Phillips, and his father, John Phillips, had had time to take a good... I can't read. You're right. (laughs) Had time to take a good look at Sean's body, and Danny reported the traces of blood in her hair and under her broken fingernails, and that the bruises on her arm had fingernail indentations above them, indicating that someone had grabbed her very roughly, and her neck had discoloration from possible pressure exerted on it. And John was like, shut up, we have a reputation (laughs) in this community. And Danny then became more careful about shit, but still didn't, like, keep completely quiet, which is good. Good on you, Danny. Yeah, like, I like the fact that that guy was there, because everybody else is kind of glossing over shit and like yeah. not reporting it to the public and like letting and making him get shit away up. with this yeah, yeah like so he said quote i'd never say jerry lee killed that girl it might be innocent as a train wreck but i'd like to see it investigated to me i just can't believe that girl just got to that bed and lay down and died you just can't make me believe it right which that's yeah right. like also hey, like Danny. she's been battered like well that's the thing she didn't just beat herself up and then go lay down and die yeah, <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> what the fuck yeah the fact that they didn't test the blood under the fingernails or anything so basic right oh it's my like god crazy. there's more too like um so at the end i w- went through all the pro- problems with the investigation investigation Oh, I'll get to tell you guys that then. (laughs) So Sean's mother, uh, Mrs. Kleinens, protested the quick autopsy, was told it was too late and that it was underway, and then it turned out that the autopsy actually had, like, begun, like, it wasn't begun until the next day when the body's already been processed. She's basically, like, lied to or just given bad information. Yeah, it's not... It's not good. No. She could have stopped it or held it up, but she didn't find out in time, right? So Sean's mother spoke to Jerry on the phone and he said, quote, I can't understand why this happened. We were getting along so well. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, um, no, you fucking weren't. Uh, Shelly told me about you slapping them and dragging Sean to the bedroom. So he admitted to slapping them, but denied dragging Sean. And Sean's mother said, quote, well, that's not what I heard. And Jerry's response was, quote, well, how would you like to wake up with your wife dead next to you? Right, right. So they're... Because you killed them. Mrs. Klein. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you killed her. So, yeah. yeah. So he basically, like, yeah, he just fended off, like, fended off the thing. Like, he deflected it instead of answering it. Well, and remember that she was found actually in the guest room. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So she wouldn't have been next to him, yeah. Yeah. So Mrs. Kleinens was like, wait a minute, wasn't Sean in another room? And all Jerry said back was, quote, well, she's dead and I'm alive. (laughs) Which is true. (laughs) Jerry, that's the problem. Not at all pertinent. (laughs) (laughs) That's the issue, Jerry. That's the problem. Mrs. Kleinens hung up, um, and the family got a hold of a lawyer, which, fair. Yeah. So Denise, Sean's other sister, got a call from Jerry Lee just before midnight, but his speech, like, was slurred, but he basically repeated, like, repeatedly mumbled to her that Denise's sister is dead because she was a bad girl, repeatedly, and then Denise finally hung up, and she was very upset. Yeah, it was like... Because I think he has, like, he has a southern accent, obviously, from Louisiana. It was like, Denise's sister was a bad girl. Weird. Now she's dead. (laughs) I mean, that's, I know that's not the right accent. But, you know, it was really slurred. Yeah, so if you just. The way they wrote it, like, showed how it was pronounced. But I was, I didn't want to have to put you through that. She's a bad girl. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. No. No, she wasn't. And that's such a jerky thing to do. Like, you don't just call the person's family and be like, yeah, your uh, your relative is dead because they sh- sucked. Like, yeah, like what? A no, she probably didn't. And B, 
Why would you say that? Someone's yeah, dead. It's so insensitive. I know. Like, I don't know. And psychotic a little. Uh, it's Plus, evil, especially say, Like, saying that she was a bad girl and that's why she's dead, honestly, that's almost a confession. Uh, basically. Yeah, like, how did how did he know the reason for her death if he didn't yeah, and admit like, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, how would he know a personalized reason for it? <laughs> so... Yeah, the autopsy was done, and they decided that there was no foul play. It was a pulmonary edema due to unknown causes. <laughs> Could be a drug overdose. <laughs> Jeez. What? Yeah, I know. That's, okay, whenever I have a pulmonary edema... Um, and a, due to a drug overdose, I <laughs> definitely scratch my husband, get half choked and beaten. And then crawl into a strange bed that you don't usually sleep in. Yeah. yeah that's how that Without works, disturbing right? the bed too much, right? Cause yeah, of course. Because, you know. Consider also, it. I get like just the finest layer of dirt over me. <laughs> I just, just rub dirt on all over my body and then go to bed. Yeah, the smallest amount though, you know, you can't be too heavy with that dirt. <laughs> Like, seriously, what the <laughs> fuck? These people were so paid off by this man. I hate it. I know. So the Hernando Weekly reported that Jerry Lee had cut his finger on some glass and that this was probably why there was blood on Sean's hand because she because sometimes you bleed it. for others. I don't know. Like, <laughs> what? And the bruises were superficial and there were no marks indicating violence. But a week later, when the Detroit Free Press interviewed Sean's family, the threats abuse, and violence became public. Good. So, during the first viewing of the body, Sean's family came and her father put a cross into her hands. Um, Jerry didn't come for that viewing, but went to the second one in Faraday at 1 a.m. He saw the cross and got pissed and told his manager that he'd fucked up somehow and also told the mortician that he'd fucked up. <laughs> and then he demanded they close the casket and end the viewing. Fuck he off, Jerry. He canceled the viewing. Yeah. Fuck off, Jerry. Right. I hate you, Jerry. He's lousy. Yeah. I have to say. Yeah, like, so what did seeing the cross in her hands make him feel guilty about, like, being a terrible person? <laughs> and so he's like, Hopefully. this funeral's canceled. <laughs> so during the funeral, the oration was given, and it was all about Jerry's troubles. Uh, no one said anything about Sean, and her family realized they were the only ones that weren't just there for Jerry. Yeah. So the next night, Jerry was back in Memphis at the club he frequented called Hernando's Hideaway with two girls, uh, dancers from a strip club. Jerry was singing a song he made up, which basically went, I told her when she left me, I'd have another in her bed. So gross. Class act. Yeah. Wow. So the way his manager, uh, J.W. Witten, tells it, the night Sean died, Jerry and Sean were taking, were talking and watching TV. Were taking TV. <laughs> It's a new Taking drug, in some guys, <laughs> to rot your brain. Yeah, no. <laughs> so Jerry and Sean were uh, talking and watching TV, and she went to the bathroom, came back, and said, quote, I took some sleeping pills. And Jerry was like, quote, well, how many? You didn't take too many, or I'm going to call the ambulance. And she said, quote, no, it wasn't that many. Yeah, that's it. Like They're trying to explain it that yeah. she overdosed on sleeping pills. Yeah, they're, I know. They're basically trying to say, <clears throat> uh, like, this is... An accidental Which drink. is how you get choke marks around your neck. Yeah. So then people um, <laughs> came out to hang the drapes and woke him up. He, so, he, yeah, they had workers coming to hang the drapes. Yeah. I figured I might want to explain that a bit more when you got to it. <laughs> yeah, I figured too. I was like... <laughs> people just come so out people to People are just drapes. like, we're hanging some drapes now. <laughs> this is how it's done in Louisiana, okay? <laughs> so this is the day of her murder. Yeah. This is how... Yeah, because he's... J.W. Witten, that's the manager. He's telling it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, so... Yeah, the people, the workers came to hang uh, the drapes and woke him up, and he tried to wake her up because that was her project, basically, the drapes, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah, and he noticed her lips were blue. So he smashed the wall with his hand and cut his thumb, and that's where the blood came from. Okay. <laughs> and then he walked her up and down the hall, trying to revive her, and finally laid her on the other bed, and then he called Lottie to call the ambulance. So yeah, this is his story, right? Yeah. It's yeah. probably the story he told his manager, and this to is why his manager is saying. Yeah. 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 So the drug scans did come back and showed fluid in the lungs from a methadone overdose, and some officials figured it was likely suicide rather than an accident. That so, was because she knew her way. Like, she did drugs with, 
you know, like yeah. she was in that scene. So she did drugs too. So they're like, there's no way she wouldn't know that that amount would yeah. kill her. Yeah. Like if she had methadone around the house and did it regularly, she'd know what amount to take for yeah, herself. Exactly. Yeah. So there were a lot of issues with the investigation, as you may have noticed. Oh, that's exactly what you wrote. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. Hey, you're in, get out of my mind. Get out of my head. I am just very much agreeing with you. So the crime lab took months to finish tests on the blood found on Jerry and around the house. Um, When Lottie let the Drapers in, she went to the master's bedroom to, like, wake Sean, then discovered her dead, and then she asked the workers to wait in the den, and then Lottie and Jerry were closed in the master bedroom for 15 minutes before the ambulance was called. Also, a couple of nights before Sean's death, Jerry, you know, picked up those two girls and took them to his place for group sex with Sean, which led to an argument, because Sean's probably like, no. (laughs) And the girls wound up running out of the house to a neighbor's for help gang home. Um, The same night that Sean died, after she called her mother, she had also called her old sweetheart, Scott. His sister answered, and Sean asked if um, Scott still loved her, and asked the sister to meet her alone at Jerry's um, August 28th uh, concert in Nashville. So Scott was, like, this guy from her hometown that she, like... Yeah, had was, dated. She loved him forever, and, like, it, repeatedly before she married um, Jerry, she, like, would be like, just say the word, and I'll come back to you. But Aww. he was, like... his. Family hated her, first of all. Right. So and there's pressure there. There's pressure there. And then also, like, she had originally kind of left him for um, Jerry the first time. Like, they actually split up at one point and got back together before they got married. Right. And so she had, like, gone off with Jerry. And so Scott was like, yeah, I can't take her back. Yeah. It would have been a pride thing and an issue with the family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just to give background on that. Okay. That's good to know, actually. It's good for me to know. I don't, I, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, um, and she asked about seven times, like, quote, you're going to come now, aren't you? And she said that she'd call back the next day to make sure about the meeting. She was mid-sentence when the phone went dead. So making these plans does not sound like suicide, and also who cut the line. Right? Right, like, why did it suddenly go out? Yeah, like, you don't just hang up mid-sentence on yourself. (laughs) On yourself? Yeah, no, not usually. Um, So evidence had also been tampered with at the house, and as well, there was broken glass on the floor, but the big pieces had been removed. Uh, Sean's clothing with substantial bloodstains, as you also get from drug overdoses. What the fuck? I know, I don't understand. How they explain the blood, like, oh yeah, man, drugs will make you bleed from your eyeballs. And like, Like, they did the (laughs) autopsy, they never said anything about any injuries from which she bled, but they also don't say, oh, yeah, this is definitely Jerry's blood. Like, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. So, like, her clothes with all those bloodstains were found stuffed in a paper sack in the master bedroom. So someone obviously cleaned her up and put the blue negligee on her that she was found in. Also, the sheets and pillowcases in the master bedroom had been stripped. So what happened uh, is that Lottie stripped them, And shortly after Macaulay got there, he found the master bedroom locked, right? So he knocked and called out, and she wouldn't respond for a while, probably because she's cleaning shit up. Right, yeah. Until finally she opened the door, and he saw her in the midst of cleaning the scene. Yeah. So there's also no explanation for the film of dirt on Sean's body. Like, did he try to bury her? Right? Like, why? Why? Is there dirt on her? I don't Like, did know. she run out, maybe? Like, she ran outside to get away, or, and, like... like, fell for face first on the dirt? I don't know, right? right? Like... It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so there's no explanation for that, or why she was under the covers if Jerry just laid her on the guest bed after failing to revive her. Sean had also never been known to use methadone, let alone take, like, 10 to 20 tablets of it, right? And so... then they also discovered cut in here <laughs> yeah that would be like if they were the higher uh dose methadone pills yeah. but um jerry jerry's prescription was actually lower dose so she they were like actually she'd probably have to take like 30 to 40 tablets of it is what they were thinking yeah which most like that's a which lot is, of tablets which i get why they take yeah but i mean they ruled it as a suicide because it, it wouldn't make sense as an accident but the rest of it doesn't make sense with suicide right exactly nothing else makes sense with suicide um, so also pulmonary edema is nonspecific, right? Like it could be 
caused by drug overdose, right? But it could also be caused by drowning, strangulation, suffocation, asphyxiation, or trauma to the head and body. And these things could be tested, but weren't. (laughs) They didn't analyze the blood under her fingernails, which is driving me crazy. I know. That's such a bad, like, horrible mistake. Yeah, like, that would have really helped um (laughs) at least proven that they had a fight before she died and then they could look further yeah like they would have permission to you know enter like basically take him in yeah yeah so also her stomach was swollen to uh 725 cc's which is like a huge amount but the autopsy doesn't say what was in it like whether it was food or like some other sort of drink like or water or whatever like yeah this like could that's be, weird right yeah like like her why wouldn't they so say swollen. what the contents are yeah what's in... like it, it was full to 725 cc's but of what yeah like it's <laughs> right and like yeah that's a huge amount like yeah. so this could be lake or pool water that was swallowed during drowning but they didn't record what it was right such a stupid mistake it's, well, it's not even a mistake. They obviously yeah. just not even bothering because this guy's famous and I know I, I hate, hate that. <laughs> yeah. So there was a tray of the remains of a meal in the master bedroom that could have been drugged with methadone, but it was it was also never tested because <laughs> of course. <laughs> Danny Phillips also said it looked like she had a hypodermic mark near her right armpit or some sort of like puncture wound. So. Even though at least one hypodermic needle was taken as evidence, there is no analysis of what was in it. (laughs) I love that this case is just, like, throwing evidence at these people's faces. Like, all the evidence they need. Do you want some more evidence? This will really help. We've got so much evidence. Man, our arms are overflowing with evidence, and they're like, no. They're like, nah. It's fine. It's fine. We won't test it. It's good. She popped a shit ton of pills, then walked... Between the master bedroom and guest bedroom, and then and then I was like, I don't. After me. being covered in blood, drinking lake water, and scratching someone real bad, and rolling in dirt. Yes, as um, you do, as you do before bed. I do. That's my nighttime <laughs> ritual. Yes, um, isn't it everyone's? What was I gonna say? Uh, oh yeah, so I got most of that information from the Rolling Stone, which is the longest article I've ever had to read. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. It was good and thorough. It was just like... We wanted to give them some credit for some of the info we found here. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, Wikipedia. Yes. C- credit to Wiki. <laughs> but I mean, like, no, like, this whole thing is just crazy. I just... I basically, like... We've done so many stories that were, like, mysteries, quote-unquote, because they were investigated bad. Yeah. And it's like, this isn't even a mystery, this, They could have been solved. You could have solved this like, so easy. Jean-Benet Ramsey. Yeah, like, a lot of these could have been solved. could have been solved, but whatever. But, you know, rich and popular people get in the way of everything, so. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Powerful Uh, folks, the bourgeoisie. So before we go, I want to, like, mention another Yes, we won't, after, yeah, after my guillotine joke, you're welcome. (laughs) I'm sure this is going to up your audience (laughs) so so well. Here you go, October Pod. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to October Pod. Yeah, this podcast is awesome. It's like this vintage radio show. You've probably heard us talking about it before on here, but yeah, I just wanted to mention it again because I've been listening lately, and I don't know. It's just like there's something really comforting about the, the vintage style. feel. I think I'm just like really yeah. into like um, well, in the host voice, historical he's thing. Really good. Yeah, his voice yeah. is perfect for the genre that he's chosen, and also like um, I just sort of like that sort of period feeling like yeah it takes you back to like you know the earlier 1900s and yes yeah, yeah. no yeah exactly like it yeah. feels it feels like um something that would come on like 1940s radio like af- after midnight yeah and like it's, it's really cool. and like the whole family's gathered around yeah and anyway it's just, like or you're driving <laughs> on a dark uh, like oh, a dark yeah. highway yeah listening to it yeah like that's how that's a vibe i get yeah, yeah. so so shout out to october pod i'm also gonna be writing a story for this particular podcast, and uh, you guys will get to see that soon. Yeah, there's it's some an collaboration going on. Yeah, for sure. So here's October Pods promo. This is Edward October for October Pod Take One. We know a remote farm in Lancaster where Mrs. Buckram lives. Every July, pumpkins grow there. You really mean that? I think you're reading the wrong script. You're supposed to be telling folk about October Pod. Let me um let me get you a copy of the new script. <clears throat> but but that's bad copy. 
I think it's so nice that you see a snow-covered field and say every July pumpkins grow there. Ed, what are you, what are you looking at? What snow-covered field? This is an audio promo. Edward October for Octoberpod, take two. We know of a fjord in Norway, near where the cod gather in great shoals. There, Jorg Tostensen frees the cod, adding a cr- crumb-crisp coating. Ooh, that's tough. Crumb-crisp coating. Let's just talk about Octoberpod. You see, Ed, I was thinking... Ed wasn't drinking! What? I said thinking. I was thinking we should just talk about your show. You know, Octoberpod? Retro horror for bald individualists? I didn't say anything about drinking. You didn't say it. He said it. Who are you talking to? Your friend. There's no one else in here. Edward October for Octoberpod. Take three. This is a lot of shit. You know that, don't you? Now, you want another one on what? Peas? Stream Octoberpod. Available now on YouTube, Vimeo, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Podchaser, and at OctoberPodVHS.com. OctoberPod, retro horror for bold individualists. So that was OctoberPod. Yep. Uh, So give them a listen. They're really good. Um, And then also listen to Horrifying History. And give us a shout at our Gmail address, twoscaredsiblings at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at twoscaredsibs. You can DM us. Yes. Please slide, slide into our mentions. <laughs> slide into our mentions. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, like, and uh, our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash two scared siblings, is also pinned to the top of our Twitter yes. in case you're into that. And if you join the $5 tier, you get bonus episodes. Yes. And you get merchandise. We just sent out some merchandise right now. We just now, did but, that, like, yeah. Uh, we're getting back on the bonus episodes now. Yeah. yeah. So, like, we like to bury out. it. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, to close off, uh, let's give you a smooch. All right, here you go. Mm -hmm. Sleep well.